Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Yo, 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 what's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity Murder Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What's up? What's going on, Fran? Not much late night. It is a late night recording yes, session, and uh, <coughs> it has been a long day in homeowner world for me. Uh, day started off this morning. I woke up 6.40. Got to be at work at 8. Woke mm. up 6.40. Um, I usually sit in bed till about seven, just kind of check Instagram, Facebook, sure. looking at videos, Same. make sure you yeah. see if anything I miss. <laughs> Sierra's alarm usually goes off at about six fifty, so Sierra's alarm goes off six fifty. She usually doesn't get out of bed till about seven thirty, mm-hmm. but she needs like nine alarms. Mm-hmm. So, Same. so Same first thing. alarm goes off, and then she hits the snooze. Then the so her alarm is like a song, oh, and then okay. a minute later. You hear the like, but the fucking like iPhone ringtone. Mm-hmm. So like, that's not her ringtone, or that's not her alarm mm-hmm. music. It was a phone call from the tenant. So my tenant calls me. Mm-hmm. Um, the basement flooded because mm. all the rain. Right. Sump pump didn't kick on. Overflowed. You know, water everywhere. Not bad, but mm-hmm. like flooded the whole kitchen of the downstairs and okay. then into the back. Oh, okay. where our laundry room is uh-huh. so that i had to like i have to if i don't go to work i have to call out an hour before anything after yeah, that same anything after too. that you get like a, a like a like a penalty yeah they send you a letter mm-hmm. and they're like if you do this again you might be in danger of getting fired from the company yep so i got up i go downstairs put my boots on go look around like damn what the fuck like oh geez you know um it was like ankle high no oh. it was Maybe like a quarter inch of water, oh, okay. but it was, it was water. It oh, was right, like right. it wasn't supposed to be there. Right. So you know, but it definitely no, it wasn't mm-hmm. like we got to rip cabinets out or it's gonna risk a mold uh-huh. or nothing like that. But it definitely went a lot of places. But it didn't get to any carpet. Nothing was floating. Okay, well, that's good then. Yeah, nothing was floating, but it definitely was a mess. That like if you don't tend to it, you 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 are at risk of mold. Oh, so. I had to call. I ran upstairs and called out at like six fifty eight. So mm-hmm. hopefully I don't get in trouble mm-hmm. because it was before seven technically, but mm-hmm. it was like right there. But right. so hopefully I'm good. I called out of work. Had to go to Home Depot get a shop vac. Okay. I don't know anything about none of this shit. You know, mm-hmm. two years ago I lived at home, so I don't. <laughs> this is all new, and everything's been all gravy except for a couple minor things. This has probably been the first 
like thing that was was un like unpreventable mm-hmm. like uh putting in the tv like i mounted my tv in the living room i did that it mm-hmm. wasn't like the tv had to get mounted or the house would fall apart like mm-hmm. i that was a that was a diy project i chose to do this was just nature mm-hmm. and that was the first kind of like you know man home ownership or whatever anyway i got all the tiles up we had laminate tiles in the area got all the tiles up dried it but this took all this was an all-day process I had to put new rugs down all this kind of stuff so it's been a long day and I'm uh, glad to be, you know, this is kind of like uh, an escape to just kind of relax and talk about what I like to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to be here, even though it is a late night. And I'm glad you were able to come through and we can knock this out. Yeah, man. Um, what about you? Uh, chill uh, day? Had to work today. Okay. Um, uh, caught, that, you get caught in that rain earlier or you didn't have to? No. Well, now. It just like started. It like, it was at like, around like 11, it just, the sky just opened up and just was like, let a... 80 gallons of water. Yeah. Well, what happened was it was raining this morning, and then when I got out on the street, it wasn't raining. It got hot. So I had long johns on. So I had to take them off. And then about three, it started drizzling, and then it got cold. Yeah. I was like, damn, now my legs are cold. Weird day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had to work. You had the booty short mailman shorts on? No, I had the pants on. Okay. 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 Had the pants on. Then I had to go. I had to run do some shopping because Steph's birthday is tomorrow. So. Okay. I didn't get to finish doing that, so I got to do that tomorrow. And then that's why I wanted to come tonight, so we can knock it out. Yeah, yeah. I so, respect that. Yeah. All right. Well, you but, know, um, yep. didn't sound like too stressful a day. You got a little, no, wet, uh-uh. little, little weather confusion, but yep. um, I do need a bit of a pick me up. So what I want to do is, you know, I want to jump into our new segment. We um, we had a request by a person, and I respect their request, but just for the direction of the show. I'm. I think we should continue to keep the good vibes in the front of the show, as to not take away from any kind of possible dis- discussions we could have on the back end. I think that's usually when me and Fran are in our most rhythmic uh, level. We kind of get in our final form in that last fifteen twenty minutes. So I don't want to interject that by having to talk about having to stop everything and play a song and just kind of derail the conversation. So I. I think it's a good idea to keep the good vibes segment at the front end. And I'm sorry for anybody that doesn't like that, but, you know, um, that's just what we're going to do. But speaking of that, that's what we're about to do. So let's talk about some good vibe stuff. All right, friend, as I mentioned, you know, I'm, you know, today has been a rough day. So would you mind um, giving me some good vibes to send my way to make me feel a little better before we get into these murders? Okay. Um, my good vibe story this week is by, I think his name is Dylan. Dylan Askin. Let's go with that. If yeah, it's so, not Dylan, it's Dylan five times. Yeah. Well, he's, he's white. He's a white kid, so I oh, think he's Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was Dylan. But, um, yeah. So Dylan was first rushed to the hospital from his home in Shelton Lock, England mm-hmm. at at Christmas in 2015. Okay. Not only had one of his lungs entirely collapsed, mm. but 80% of the surface area was covered in cysts. Oh. The toddler was diagnosed with... <laughs> it's gonna, this is going to be a tough one. Pulmonary... Pulmonary embolisms. Long, lang, oh. Langerins. Cell... Larynx? Is it an X on that? No. Oh. Langerins cell histios... His his theostasis. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't know. It sounds bad. Yeah, Whatever it's, it is, it's, it sounds it's bad. crazy. But anyway, 
I'm not gonna try to read it again. Okay, but yeah, no, no. Ex- so it's extremely rare. Some, yeah, he had, a, he had a bad thing. It's an on. extremely rare form of a lung cancer that affects only one in ten million people. Oh, that's just unfortunate. Yeah. As the boy continued to fight the disease, he developed a bacterial pneumonia and fell into and fell into a coma. Three uh, days later. Is this gonna? Yeah, man. Can I finish? Yeah, you do this. You do this. <laughs> three three months later, Dylan's parents became resigned to their son's. Pa- Resigns to their son's passing when doctors at the Queens Medical Hospital told them his condition was not looking good at all. Heartbroken, they agreed to take him off self. They agreed to take him off life support systems on the holy on the holy day known as Christmas, known to Christians as Good Friday. I'm sorry. So just as Dylan was about to be let go, however, his heart rate returned to normal. His parents immediately told the doctors to wait. Their resilient youngster was not giving up yet. During the next two days, the boy had recovered so much that he was sent home on Easter Sunday. Okay. Okay. Now, at four years old, Dylan's family announced this week that he had been that he had beaten cancer entirely and made a full recovery, and and what his parents and doctors called an Easter miracle. He said, "quote I'm I'm not massively religious, but I, I did think it was a miracle." Says Carrie. When we told our oldest son, he said he's like Jesus rising from the dead. Quote. Whoa. That is a very confident statement. To <laughs> Still, shout out to Dylan, but Dylan, humble yourself, young boy. Humble yourself. That was his brother that said that. Oh, yeah. You too, Dylan. He's happy, brother. man. Maybe they brother. went through a lot. They went through a lot, man. His brother's not like Jesus, though. Uh, but he went through it a lot. A, it was great. It was a great thing, All right, man. Happened. See, this is supposed to be good vibes. You it not, is good vibes. Not... I'm just saying, man. You can't just go around no, calling you yourself Jesus. That, you shooting down my. my, no, man, my, my good I, vibes I'm very happy for Dylan. Again, once again, you like to do these M Night Shyamalan kind of start off with the as depressing That's as what it I like. can get, and then come around on the end. And I respect it, but it t- it's, it's, it takes me through. It's roller coasters of emotions, man. I had a long day. I, I, man, I, look, I you never heard of you dropped the bomb? Do you soften the blow? No. Is you never heard that? I mean, I know drop the bomb, and I know yeah, soften, soften the blow, the but I didn't know that they go together. <laughs> I've never heard anybody use them together before. Yeah. Do you? Is that a common thing you do? <laughs> no. But uh, I'm <laughs> like you said that, like it was like, you know, you never heard you can kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say you never heard of dropping the bomb and then soften the blow. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that's what you did, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, here, here's here's my good vibe story of the week. Um, this brought very much joy to my life and uh, appreciative. And because of last week, I did Girl Scouts cookie cereal. I had Girl Scouts on the brain. So wait, pause. That's that sounds good. (laughs) Uh, I because of because of the because of the cereal that I ate for the cereal and cereal this month. When I saw this story, it it it. Gravitated, I gravitated towards it because of the Girl Scout cookies, mm-hmm. not because of the Girl Scouts. Okay, that was that came out weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're gonna move past that. All we're right. just gonna move that. We're just gonna that didn't happen. Sure. Um. So there's a homeless Girl Scouts troop, the first homeless Girl Scouts troop in New York City. Um, troop six thousand. There are there are a Girl Scouts troop comprised solely of homeless children, mm-hmm. homeless girls. Mm-hmm. Um. It's you know. You know, uh, uh, vagrancy and homelessness is a very big problem in this country. So the Girl Scouts of America has decided they want to try to play their part as best they can and kind of give these girls, uh, you know, something to be happy about and something to do and give them some confidence. And they get to be a part of this really cool group of people or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they started an all homeless girls, Girl Scouts troop. This Girl Scouts troop had their first cookie sale last week. Mm hmm. 
Their goal was 6,000 cookies. By noon, they had hit the goal of 6,000 cookies. So they decided to up their goal to 12,000 cookies. We're talking about boxes, mm-hmm. not individual cookies. Oh, okay. Because there's a difference. Because, like, who knows how many cookies come in a box, but they can dilute the number. But it's, right. we're talking about 6,000 boxes. Oh, okay. Initial. The initial goal, 6,000 individual cook, cookies. Cookie. No, boxes of cookies. I'm about to say, boxes, damn. Caramel Crunch, Thin Mints, you know, Rootsy Tooties. I don't know all the other, I don't know all the names, but they all have like, you know, names and stuff. Um, goal was 6,000, hit that by noon. Up to go to 12,000, like, fuck it. I mean, they didn't say fuck it, but they were like, yeah, let's do it. Try 12,000. Mm-hmm. Hit that by 3 p.m. Ended up by 4 p.m. where the, uh, when the cookie sale stopped, 30,000 boxes of cookies. Dang. These girls were all on Instagram, feeling good about themselves. They had joy in their on their face, you know. And when they leave here, they might have to go to some rough circumstances. So for for this day, they got to feel really proud of themselves and mm-hmm. felt like they achieved something. And FYI to everybody out there, the cookie sales are still open. You can still buy cookies online. Troop six thousand. Um, if you if you like uh, Girl Scout cookies and you want to donate to a really cool uh, organization, um, I would say go try to donate to Troop six thousand specifically if you can because um. It you know these girls it 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 fills them with pride it, it makes them feel like they're accomplishing something and that can go a long way people don't people take that for granted like you know a six year old winning a basketball game or you know getting hoisted up on somebody's shoulders or just even just being celebrated in general that could be the difference between that person wanting to achieve more in life and chase that feeling or being like well nobody gives a shit about me I I'm homeless everybody's giving up on me nobody cares about me it it could mean that much of a difference. Just one box of cookies, you could be contributing to these girls' self-esteem and them going on to do really cool things in life. So I want to give a major shout-out to Troop 6000 in New York, Girl Scouts of America. This is a really cool thing. Uh, they also want to um, they want to have 500 uh, members. Either they want to have 500 members in this troop or they want to start many other chapters of homeless girls, uh, Girl Scout troops across the country and, and up the membership of this. And I think that's a really cool idea. So when I saw this, it gave me really good vibes. Not because, I'm not even going to go back into it. But I it, said, it sounded weird. I didn't have Girl Scouts <laughs> on the brain. I just had had cookies earlier. And when I saw Girl Scouts, it reminded me of the cookies. And so, yeah. Um, so shout out to Troop 6000. You guys are awesome. You guys are women. Fierce. Killing it. Do your thing. Keep going. Try to get 50000 If you already have 50000 shit, fuck it. Go for 100000 you know, I'm going to go try to make a donation later on tonight. Um, so uh, big major shout out to them. I think that's a really awesome story. And that's my good vibes for this week. But anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. I think I want to leave you guys with uh, a little opposite of adults by Chitty Bang. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to tell you some fucked up shit. Stay tuned. All right, folks, we're back. Fran, I believe you went last last week. Yep. So if you don't mind telling me your affirmative right. murder this week. Get some water first. Do it. Cold enough for you? Uh-uh. Oh, Jesus, mm. man. <laughs> Fran just made an incredible mess all over himself. <laughs> Shit. It's, it's really embarrassing. It's cool. All right. <laughs> all right. You good? It's all wet. All right. <laughs> All right, my uh, affirmative murder this week is Nathaniel White. Okay, this is this is African American guy. Okay, yep. Okay, so Nathaniel White is an American serial killer, obviously. Yeah. Active in 
the Hudson Valley region of New York during the early 1990s. Mm. White confessed to beating and stabbing six women to death while on parole. Jeez. So White claimed to have found inspiration for his first murder while watching, guess a movie. A movie? Yeah. Friday the 13th? No. Halloween? No. One more. Freddy Freddy Krueger? Nope. So he... Found inspiration for his first murder while watching RoboCop, Robocop 2. two. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Got it. The first girl I killed was from RoboCop was from a RoboCop movie. I seen I seen him cut somebody's throat, then take the knife and slit down the chest to the stomach and left the body in a certain position. With the first person I killed, I did that exactly what RoboCop I saw too? in the movie. I have no idea. I didn't even bother to look it up. I, I was like, yeah. I don't remember. That sounds like a, gra- a graphic scene <laughs> in a RoboCop movie. He split her open. I was like, who? Like I, a team? When I read, I was like, who did that part? Yeah, what <laughs> did RoboCop do it? I don't know. That doesn't sound. I think he might have watched a different movie. He might have went to. It was early nineties. He might have went to Blockbuster and it had RoboCop the sleeve on it, but then inside was like a fucking snuff film. Or like <laughs> I don't fuck, know. Some, some I wanted to shit. look it up. I was like, I don't even feel, I don't got the time to do that. So I'm not even looking it up. I maybe, think he might have watched Texas you Chainsaw. Knew, I was like, I don't know. Nah, I mean, I'm not like a RoboCop 2 enthusiast, <laughs> right. but that sounds kind of graphic for a I film like, about a robot um, police officer. I was, yeah, it, it, it threw me completely. I was like, all right. Robocop 2, well, I'm going to have know. to check out RoboCop 2 later Yeah, on. me too. Yeah, definitely. Um, Jesus. Yeah, so this first killing took place on March 25th, 1991. That was before I was born. Yeah. After White had been convicted of abducting a 16-year-old girl, but before he started his prison sentence and the police did not make the connection at the time, in a plea bargain that would later be heavily criticized, White had pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor for the abduction and and would be therefore be eligible for parole after just one year. She was dead, right? He just kidnapped her? No, I think he just kidnapped her. Oh, okay. White was on parole in April... White was paroled in April 1992 and mm. returned to Orange County, New York. April babies, stand up. White, uh, White's first victim after his parole was the young niece of his girlfriend, whom he killed at the end of June, and he then killed four others during the month of July. Oh, so he got out and went right, right to work. Oh, yeah. Um, so Juliana Frank, mm-hmm. White's first victim. Um, Juliana Frank was 29 of, middle, of Middletown, who was pregnant with her third child, when she was killed in 1991, her naked body was left on on a set of abandoned railroad tracks in Middletown. His second victim was Christian M. Klebe. Uh, white. That was his youngest victim. She was 14, who had just finished eighth grade. The niece of White's girlfriend, Wait, Jill. The, gr- the victim had just finished eighth grade. Yeah. Damn. Um, Fuck. the niece of White's girlfriend, Jill Garrison. Klebe. Jill Garrison Klebe. Disappeared on June 29th. Her family reported her missing on July 1st, 1992, and her body was discovered off of Echo Echo Lake Road in Goshen, New York, on August 4th. He killed his wife, his, his girlfriend's his niece, niece. His niece, yeah. He killed his girlfriend's niece. His girlfriend's niece. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so his third victim was Lorette Huggins Revere, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, she was 34 of Middletown, was killed July 10th and found in in her home in Middletown by the police. She was the mother of three children and close friend of White's girlfriend. So all these... Jesus. Yeah, yeah. 
You said another name that said Cleve too, right? You said two Cleves or no? It was it was one. This okay. Is, her name is Revere or something. Okay, I thought yeah. you said it before that. So he's just killing all his girlfriend's friends and family. Yeah. Damn, she probably feels uh, like a big piece of yeah. shit. Her children... What do you say? Uh, yeah, her close friend of White's girlfriend. Her children even slept over White, White and Garrison's house a few weeks before her murder. People. She was in the midst of packing to go back to her home... And country of St. Vincent with her family when she was murdered. Watch who you bring your kids around, man. Seriously. I I would not let my child sleep at any house with a person who had a man there that I didn't know. And even if I know him, it's Oh, so his be girlfriend's a- name is Jill Garrison. That's his girlfriend's name. Yeah. Jill. Okay. 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 I was... I don't know. Jill Garrison. Um, yeah, so... Huh? No, nah, that's crazy. That's oh. just crazy. Yeah, um, then you got two more victims, Angelina Hopkins and Brenda Whiteside. Cousins Angelina Hopkins and Brenda Whiteside met White at the Blue Note Tavern in Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie mm-hmm. New York, in July 20th, 1992. I did a serial killer from there. Yeah, I thought it sounded Poughkeepsie familiar. killer. Yep. They was last seen leaving the bar with him in his pickup truck. Their bodies were found off a off of Harriman Her- Drive in an abandoned farmhouse in in Goshen, in Goshen on August 4th. Now, you got the house that they was found in just looks creepy as shit. I'll show it to you, and then we I, I'll, we can put it up on the, um, okay. on the site. Cool. Um, so cause of, the cause of death in both cases was determined to be severe to severe blunt trauma to the face and the head. Mm. His last victim was Adrian, Adrian Hunter. Adrian Hunter was stabbed to death in, her, in the early morning of July 30th, 1992. Her body was discovered... And also, and gosh, and he must have did a lot around that area. Jeez. Later that day, in the chair remains of the Hillcrest Manor restaurant, she was 27. And this was all in July of 1992. This was all in like two, three months. That's crazy. And now, now, and he just got uh, got out. And those upstate New York towns are very small. So this was like everybody probably had curfews, and everybody was probably terrified. Yeah. Bodies just popping up like this. Yeah. They probably get killings every 10 years in a small town like that. Yeah, so because the That's he crazy. the two bo- Hopkins and Whiteside, he left those bodies in an abandoned house. Uh-huh. Um, and they were just, cousins. The house is yeah. The, ho- the house is just fucking creepy. It's like it looks weird. It's the same house or it's the same different house. Houses? It's the same house. And then the, it was another body. One I think one of his last. I think it was Hunter. Her body was found like like a mile, like not probably not even a mile away from that. So he was all in. He was this is all in one area. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Angelina Hopkins' sister, C- Cecilia, um, witnessed Hopkins and Whiteside leaving the Blue Note Tavern with four men on the night of their disappearance. Uh, Poughkeepsie police did not act on the missing person report as they did not have enough information about the men. So Cecilia and her mother continued to investigate their own on their own. Wait, what? What? They were following this guy? The I don't girl? know if they followed them. They they just saying they they did a missing person report, but the police didn't oh, okay. react to it. So they was like, they're gonna we'll try to keep do it myself. Which we'll keep digging. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so I thought you meant like they were like, fuck it, we're vigilante in this no, shit. No. We'll follow them. <laughs> no, I would hope not. With the lights off. Uh, so the New York State Police began investigating on July 30th after the body of Adriana Hunter was found, and authorities began to suspect it was related to the earlier disappearance disappearances and murders. On August 2nd, White returned to the Blue Note Tavern where Hopkins identified him and he was arrested. So, suspect always returns to the um, crime scene. 
Also, that's probably kinda. like the only bar in town. Kind of. Small ass town. Like, well, I so, mean, I gotta eat a burger. Yeah. <laughs> so he was arrested. White confessed and led the police to his dumping ground in August fourth. White was in, indicted by the grand jury on August seventh for the murder of Christian Cleve. On September 9th, the other five murders were added to the indictment. White was charged with six counts of second-degree murder and pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Mm. Now, second-degree murder. What I also read that, I read this on Murderpedia that um, they were saying, they was talking about how these these serial killers get this seven seconds of fame and mm-hmm. these, these families are in grief and, you know, they grieve yeah. and everything. And then, but these serial killers, this is what they... This is what they do it for. They love some it. of them. They love it. Yeah, and all then, over the news. Yeah, and then they said that he was like, um, come up to court time, they got him a suit. They got him a suit and everything for court. And then he Clean. just, he started reading book. He started reading law books. Uh-huh. So he can try to- um, Represent himself? Represent himself. Wow. He tried to represent himself. Yeah. Yeah. But even if he failed, he still gets the camera. Everybody's like, oh, well, he is apparently yeah. going to represent himself in yep. court. And now yep. everybody's watching him do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, so he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. White was convicted on all counts on April 14th, 1993, and sentenced by Judge Jeffrey Berry to 150 years to life. Ooh. He is currently held in Elmira Correctional Facility. Um, White's case was cited by the New York Governor George Pataki in defense of his push to reinstate the death penalty. Mm. And that is Nathaniel White. Um, that was, a. Uh... Man, Poughkeepsie or the Poughkeepsie area is rough, man. The, the, like, it's very that's very similar to the Poughkeepsie killer, except the Poughkeepsie killer is who I did, and he was killing prostitutes or sex workers in yeah. mm-hmm. Poughkeepsie, and they, he was keeping them at his parents' house. Mm-hmm. And then the police officer came in there. It was like the house was disgusting, and it was super gross. That was actually a pretty crazy story. I like that story a lot. Um, super dark, fucked up story. And then he confessed as soon as he got in the mm-hmm. fucking um, courtroom. Um, yeah, that was crazy. Uh, what was his name again? Nathaniel White. Nathaniel. The thing about this, it was just so quick. It was from yeah, from April March to August of ninety one to July of ninety two. He was convicted. Oh, he, all that the court. 90, yeah, so yeah, he got caught yeah, in July. So he got convicted in ninety three. I'm sorry, but but he got caught that year in ninety two. Yeah, 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 like yeah, in yeah. July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. But yeah. the thing about it is, so April May he got paroled. He got paroled in ninety two. Yeah, in April, right? Yeah, but he killed a woman in ninety one. And they didn't know. And they didn't know. Oh, yeah. That's why they were saying that. That's how he got paroled. Right, yeah, yeah, yep. Damn. Yeah, so he got, so he killed a, he killed somebody in 91. And that's all he thought about for a year. But he abducted a girl. And they found her? He was probably going to kill say. her, too. Probably, yeah. Yeah, they just found her. Yeah. Yeah, they, what, yeah, they, they just happened to catch her in time. That's insane. Um, That guy is a I piece to, of I shit. I need to check out this robo. This robo. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, that sounds like more like something from Predator. That's that's vicious. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to Google uh, Tom Cop. I mean, uh, what's it? RoboCop 2 <laughs> death scene. He said he cut her across the chest and then down the chest. Yeah. Down the stomach, to the stomach. That's nuts. Well, um, that was fucking, uh, that was, that was, that was gross. Um, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. All right, folks, and we are back. Also, for anybody out there who hasn't done so, I hate to keep reminding you and pushing it down your throat, but if you would please, if you don't mind, take some time out of your day, going on iTunes, just leaving us a quick five-star review. We do not 
need it for our personal egos. We do not need any more. Of a co- we do not need any more confidence boosts. We're very self. We do not need any more personal affirmation. We're doing just fine. We're, we I know, do, man. We, we, I stop saying we. I need it. Why? Because. Guess <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't need it. We live great That's lives. That's what I live off of. That's sad. Um, the uh, energy it, to stardom. It, it, all of that. If 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 you got into this to, for stardom, you did the wrong thing. You no, should no, go I didn't. start making YouTube no, videos or something like that. I got a um, couple fans out there that say Team Fran. So, Jesus no, I didn't. Christ. See what y'all did? See what y'all did? <laughs> um, uh, the, the reviews are not for our... It's not for my... Thank you. It's not for my uh, ego. Just go on there, uh, hashtag uh, Team Frank. Sure, guys. go on there, hashtag Team Frank. You, you can hashtag uh, GTA too. You know, I, Grand Theft Auto. I mean, a uh, JTA. I'm sorry. Who's that? Oh, now you don't know who JTA is, man. Go ahead. It's, well, I don't know. You're, you're, you're hilarious, man. I don't know what you're, you're talking hilarious. about. Um, we do not need it for our. For, I don't need it for my personal ego. Fran might need it for his ego, and that's fine. If you want to go on there and. Hashtag Team Fran five stars, please. But it's just the algorithm of iTunes. It it, it it helps us potentially get on the charts at some point. It really just it feeds into the beast of iTunes, and, and, and we're just trying to you know move up in the world a little bit. So if you haven't done that, um, we would have really appreciate it if you did that. Anyways, moving on from that, um, Fran, my affirmative murder this week is the story of a man named Stanley Williams. Now, as I go along, you might start to um, recognize who this person is. So um, just, you know, let me know if you do so. Stanley Williams III was born on December 29, 1953 in New Orleans, Louisiana. Williams' mother, who was only 17 at the time of his birth, was was left to care for Williams alone after his father abandoned the family. In 1959, Williams and his mother left New Orleans and headed to Los Angeles, California, by Greyhound bus in hopes of achieving a better way of life. Williams later recalled the affluent-looking south-central neighborhood where they rented their first apartment as a shiny red apple riding away at the core. Hmm? That's how he he described uh, south-central Los Angeles. It looked really nice when they were pulling in on the Greyhound bus, but then when you get in there, it's like, oh, this is crazy. This is terrible. This this looks nice, but it's awful. In New Orleans? In Los Angeles. In South Central. Wait, so they're from New Orleans? They came from New Orleans on bus to south-central Los Angeles. And I think south South anywhere in L.A. that's not like Hollywood or Mm -hmm. any kind of bad neighborhood in Los Angeles can trick you that way if you're not from there because they got palm palm Mm -hmm. trees as as tall as the sky. What bus did they take? A great I'm just kidding. I mean, what, what's going on? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I felt like I was losing my mind. I was like, what? what? I just said it. What are you talking about? <laughs> I felt like I was in an episode of Twilight Zone. Or something. I was like, what? <laughs> a bu- a what bus? I just said it. Uh, <laughs> uh, finding the street more interesting than being at home, Williams began wandering the neighborhood at age six. What? what? Hey. <laughs> Single mom. She got to work. Go out and get it. You out there walking around in a pamper, no shirt. Uh, probably got baby I abs. Hope not. Probably got baby <laughs> abs. Six years old. Triceps and shit. This is a hood baby. <laughs> hood babies are brolic sometimes. Got bandana around his neck. Yeah, you never seen like a stocky baby. Usually a hood oh, baby. Yes, that's Similac, man. This is a lot of vitamins in that. Um. Yeah, Williams began wandering neighborhood at age six. As a new kid on the block, Williams had to quickly learn how to defend himself from neighborhood bullies, mm. and was often thrown into the middle of physical conflicts. As a member of the. Oh, <clears throat> Get my voice right. 
as a member of the black male species living in the ghetto microcosm, <laughs> circumstances di- circumstances dictated that I either be prey or predator. Williams later said about his uh, his adolescence, it didn't require deep reflection to determine which of the two I preferred. Uh, immersed in a culture of violence and drugs, and without a strict parent a strict parental influence, Williams grew up idolizing criminals and mimicking pimps and drug dealers. During his earlier years, Williams had Williams was paid a few dollars to water, feed, and patch up dogs that had been mauled in illegal dog fights. Later, these dogs would be shot or beaten to death by by the gamblers and hustlers in his neighborhood. So this guy, this kid, was surrounded by death and violence from age six. So he had a job patching up dogs, being like, "Hey, uh, hey, hey, Shark Tooth, you want some water? Good boy. Mm-hmm. You know, you get attached to the dog or whatever." And then the dog goes and fights and loses, and it's already like wounded from fighting. Mm. And then somebody would come in and fucking put a bullet in the back of that dog's head. Oh, or that's what that meant. Yeah. Oh. He wouldn't do it. He oh, okay. just would feed and water the dogs oh, okay. and take care of them. I mean, sad, I, I would man. say this is like, you know, if that's the job, if, there, if there's a person, which it doesn't, I've seen terrible videos, but it doesn't stop me from eating cheeseburgers. Um, those videos of like cows, mm. they just go in there with like uh, the, the gun from No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. the thing. And just poof and shoot him in the head with the thing and they just die right there. If there was a kid who, you know, hey Utters, you know, hey girl, and give him food and talk to him and be nice to him mm. just for only for them to die the next day. You know, mm. it's that's a rough job. And I think that just seeing that kind of violence would dis- desensitize you as a young kid, you know? So this kid was surrounded by that's violence crazy. from, you know, a very young age. Um let's see. Uh I went on. I went on. a whole rant and lost my. Oh, I got. It, I got. It, I got. It, I got. It. I got. It. <laughs> well, I got it. No, wait. Stop. <laughs> no, I got. It, you read the whole damn story. No, I got. <laughs> no, stop. I got. It. Uh, <laughs> I'm cutting this out. Uh, the. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this out. I'm gonna cut all this out. Cut this out. Thirty-three oh eight nine at ten. Okay. Uh. The betting, the betting progressed to fights between young boys, and William was paid to box other young boys to unconsciousness. The experience is hard. Well, yeah, they would beat the <laughs> shit out of each other. You know, like fucking, it was boy boy fighting. He went from dog, he went from dog fighting to boy fighting. Uh, so yeah, they would beat each other into unconsciousness. The experience is hardened Williams, who kept the horrors he saw and performed from his mother. Williams rarely attended school, believing that he was destined to be diseducated a term he coined to describe the impaired and diseased knowledge he received in school and on the streets instead he was convinced he could be he could do better in the streets and earned his reputation with his fists through fighting he made several friends with whom he frequently stole and made quick money as a as a boot black which i would imagine isn't (laughs) a good thing at all Maybe they use their boots to beat people and then take their money. <laughs> Whatever it is, it can't be something good. No, I not, didn't look not it a up. Term like that. I didn't look it up, but he stole and was a boot black. Maybe he <laughs> beat people black and blue with their boots. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. one of these new friends was Raymond Washington, who Williams met in 1969. The two boy, the two boys formed an alliance that became known as the Crips, a group they initially founded in order to protect their neighborhood from other larger gangs. The original Crips consisted of approximately 30 members, but they soon divided into the West Side and East Side Crips. What's his name again? The guy? Yeah. Stanley. 
1979, the Crips had evolved into a statewide organization, and William, popularly known as Tookie, and uh, oh. and Washington lost control of the group. Yeah? You got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why I asked you what was his name yeah. again. You remember Tookie <laughs> Williams, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um the division, the division led ultimately to both Williams and Washington's downfalls. In 1979, Washington, Washington was shot and killed in a shooting in Los Angeles. His murder was blamed on the Hoover faction of the Crips, which led a war, which led to a war between the Hoover and other Crip factions. Shout out to Schoolboy Q. Yeah, that gets he's he's involved in this. Not involved, but you know, I mentioned. Oh, okay. Um, uh, no one was ever no no one was ever arrested for his murder, but theories state that Washington knew his killer very well. That same year, Williams and three fellow gang members under the influence of PCP, that Sherm, that white girl, that sugar booger, uh, drove to a convenience store with the intention of robbing the clerk. According to later police reports, 26-year-old store clerk Albert Owens was walked into a back room by Williams while the other members of the gang took money from the register. Williams then shot out the security monitor in the back room and killed mm. Owens with two execution-style shots to the back. Mm. The group made $120 from the transaction. Williams wow. later denied killing Owens. On March 11th of that same year, prosecutors say Williams broke into the office of the Brookhaven Motel in Los Angeles. Once inside, he allegedly killed three members of the Taiwanese family who owned and operated the motel. A ballistics expert linked the shotgun shell at the motel to Williams' gun. And several gang members testified that Williams had bragged about the crime. Snitches. Mm-hmm. Williams denied the shooting as well as claiming that he was framed by other Crip members. So, I mean, I don't know who to believe in this, but, you know, after the uh, the um, the Washington killing, the other co-founder of the Crips, and it's splitting off into these factions of Hoover Crip and other Crip, it seems like a crip, it could have been a crip member but maybe from a crip group that didn't like tookies group right. you know mm-hmm. so it 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 is possible but it sounds a little elaborate for uh, a gang mm-hmm. to plant bullets and you know make up a story and also he was a gang member right. i mean that doesn't bode well in a court to be like yeah no i mean i would rob people and shit but i didn't <laughs> rob these people you know it just you know I didn't rob these. Not only did I not rob these people, but it I was framed. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't just not do it, but it was a elaborate framing. I'm innocent. Man. That's kind of hard for people to hear, especially you got the Jerry Curl. He was super buff. He's big as shit. Yeah, he was buff as shit. So he's like, yeah, nah. Jerry Curl. They had afro. Everybody had a Jerry Curl in the '80s. But you know, you got this guy being like, no, nah, Cass, uh, I didn't kill nobody. I mean, you know, did I find the Crips? Yeah, but this is a setup by the government and other Crips. For real. <laughs> um, uh, in 1981, Williams was tried and convicted in Los Angeles Superior Court of all four murders, plus two counts of robbery, and was sentenced to death. On April 20th of that year, he was sent to San Quentin to sit on death row. Williams did not adjust well to l- prison life, and by the mid-80s, he was given a six-and-a-half-year stay in solitary confinement for multiple assaults Damn. on guards and fellow inmates. I will go so, nuts. So he was, I mean, imagine if you had the abilities that he had. He had already honed his fighting skills, and he was brolic. I mean, I'm going to put up a picture of Tookie Williams on Twitter and on Facebook, on the Facebook group. This dude was jacked. He's big as shit. He was so jacked, you got to put an H in the, between, the J and the, <laughs> between the J and the A. He was jacked. I mean, he was stupid, crazy big. So, I, I mean, you you accompany that with he just got convicted of life, and now he's in jail, and somebody's be like, hey, what's up, blood? Beating on everybody. Foul! He just fucking... 
put somebody to sleep. And he you got clout. And he got clout. He started the Crips. <laughs> yeah, he punched. He he punched somebody. He make him go to sleep. That's mm. crazy. You wake up in the infirmary in the infirmary three days later because Tookie Williams laid one on your jaw. Man, I mean, he had like. Remember, Big Black would be like, "Man, I got, I got thirty twos. Yeah, I got twenty two, son. He had like forty fours. <laughs> also, R.I.P. to Big Black. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, yeah, so he got sent to solitary confinement for six and a half years, which is rough, man. That solitary confinement shit is, um, I would go, cr- I would go it's nuts. It's torture. Most people do. You it, by yourself. That's what happened to Khalif Browder, man. That kid was in jail for allegedly stealing a backpack and just didn't have money to, or just his case got kept getting pushed back and he would get in fights. He would get in fights and they would send him to solitary confinement. You are in solitary confinement. I've heard stories of people, you know, losing track of what day it is, who they are. Yeah. You're in four walls by yourself. Only thing that happens is somebody drop a tray down, slide some food into you. Can you people aren't you meant to be to by them. themselves yeah, yeah. for that long know. a period of time. It is is very, very uh taxing on the on your mental state. And then they're supposed to just come out of there and not be an animal. Fuck that. You know, I think you'd be left like that. You'd be worse off most of the time doing that and coming out and being put right back around people. You're probably like, are you real? Am I real? Probably I talking even... to yourself? Yeah, for sure. It fucking drive you crazy. Um, after two years after two years in solitary, Williams Williams started to example his life choices and uh repented for his wait, started to, Oh, I'm sorry. William started to examine his life choices and repented for his past actions. He attributed his transformation to God and began speaking out against gang violence, which, look, I'm going to get into some really good stuff, but if you're the person that introduced the gang culture and it got out of hand and you lost control of it, but you are the person that, you know, started it, you know, I, I don't like, I mean, I don't, not that I don't like. I respect anybody who wants to turn their life around and, and, and you know and become a new man. But to them be like, no, nah, man, fuck that. Gangs are not the way. Nah, but bro. you started you the started biggest. It. That's your legacy. Now I'm gonna tell. I'm that's gonna, that's I'm, what your name is attached for the rest. Yes, of I'm gonna still talk about all the good <laughs> things he did. But you, there's no escaping that. You don't get to just uh, now be speaking against, and everybody's gonna forget that you started it. Right. You know, it would be like the person, like. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to get into some conspiracy theories or anything like that. But the person, if the person that manufactured uh, AIDS was just like, uh, man, AIDS, down with AIDS. Like, just started like an anti-AIDS uh, mm-hmm. fund and was like, give me your money because I want to defeat this terrible disease that I created. You know? Now, I'm not saying AIDS was created mm-hmm. by the CDC. But all I'm saying is, you know, if you type it into Google... See what you see. I didn't say, you know, judge for yourself, but just look it up. See what you see. I don't know. I'm just saying words. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just speaking words. Anyway, um, he filed, oh yeah, so, uh, he filed for a federal appeal in 1988 and told court officials he was a changed man, but his appeal was denied. In 1994, he was released from solitary. With his new mindset, with his new mindset, he began writing a book. And in 1996, with the help of co-author Barbara Cotman Benchel, he published the first of eight Tookie Speaks Out Against Gang Violence, uh, against gang violence, anti-gang books aimed at children. I hope that wasn't the title of the book. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pick up. <laughs> hey, cuz, pick up part two of Tookie Speaks Out Against Gang Violence, anti-gang books. <laughs> for kids. Yeah, for kids, cuz. Kids with a, for kids with, with a, a C? with a C. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> the next year, Williams wrote an apology for his role in creating the Crips. He said, quote, I am no longer a part of the problem. Thanks to the almighty, I am no longer sleepwalking through life, he wrote. He also wrote the book Life in Prison, a short nonfiction work explaining the horrors of jail, which I'm sure when you're in federal prison, maximum security for murder, mm -hmm. you've seen some shit. You know, like people can say they did 30 days in jail, you know, for alcohol, DUI or whatever. That's cool. But when you are locked up with killers, because they don't just lock, they don't lock the person that, you know, scammed their taxes or... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like all together, all in one. Yeah, place, uh, they only put the killers with the killers. Right. So when you're in that, you you got you seen motherfuckers. Yeah, man, I seen a dude take. He was lifting weights, and somebody just came over and just yanked the bar down on his head and split his skull open. Shit. You know, shit like that. I mean, I I watched Locked Up Raw. You hear some fucking crazy shit on that. What show. is it? Locked Up. Locked Up Raw. What's it comes on, on MSNBC. Hmm. You can find it. It's probably on Netflix too. It's. I mean. You never heard that. of the dude? They did a Boondocks episode where the dude was like, you know, hey, I mean, if I, I you know, if I want to have sex with a man, I tell him, look, I likes you, and I want you. <laughs> now no, you I can mean. either you can either give me the booty, or I can take the booty. Dang. But either way, I'm gonna get the booty. I mean, this dude Dang. said it straight up like that, like, <laughs> and motherfuckers know me. Like he said it like proud, like, and motherfuckers know how I get down with the booty with the booty games. That's scary. That's terrifying. He said it like that, though. And I think he was like, uh, yeah. He like kind of laughed about it. Yo, motherfuckers are That's crazy and on Locked Up Raw. Anyways, um, in 2002, Mario Fair, a member of the Swiss Parliament, nominated Williams for the Nobel Peace Prize in recognition for his work against gang violence. Although he did not win the award, many supporters spoke out in favor of the gang members' transformation into social reformer. He would be nominated for the honor six times in total. That motherfucking uh, establishment is not going to let the guy that started Crips win the Nobel Peace Prize. No matter how many great things he did, that's that is not happening. You know, I, I hate to say that, but um, uh, Tracy, Tracy Morgan is never going to win an Oscar. You know what I mean? Like, mm. Even if he did a movie that was phenomenal, like it made you cry, all these kind of things. People would be like, I'm not, we're not giving Tracy Morgan a, an Oscar. What are you, stupid? Um. <laughs> it's just for the prestige of it all it's just no you can't be a part of this club they won't let you be a part of this club is what i believe also i don't think tracy morgan has an oscar performance in him no nah. but even if he did i'm saying i think he would get snubbed for sure for like you know uh brad pitt you know or something like that um let's see da, 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 same year when he appealed yeah so that same year that he was nominated six times for uh, the the Nobel Peace Prize. So this, we're in 2002. That same year, Williams appealed again for a commuted death sentence. The appeals panel urged the judge to consider commuting Williams' death sentence to life behind bars, citing the former gang member's efforts towards anti-gang education. The appeal failed once again. Now, again, I... I don't think he'll ever be able to escape this legacy, but you know, spoiler alert, they did end up putting Tookie Williams to death. But can you imagine the, 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 like you said, the clout that he had and mm -hmm. the voice that he had, I don't understand how you couldn't even consider letting this man continue to do life in prison, write these books, convince kids. If you're really, if everybody's really concerned about gang violence, which is the talking point of every Republican 
and you know in senate and and when talking about black on black crime and all these kind of things why wouldn't you you know let a spark of light continue to live not get out of jail no he wasn't asking like hey can you let me out he's just saying let me can i stay alive and continue my fight to undo the wrongs that i did maybe they thought he by killing him it would maybe like everybody they probably end the whole thing maybe Maybe they thought that he's not how, a vampire. That's how it was going to work. He's not I Dracula. Like, I, I didn't say I thought I, that. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm sorry. I didn't mean for I, I just imagine that when you said that, I imagine that that's what they thought. And it's like, if you kill the first crip, all the other crips don't just die. That's not how this, this isn't a sci-fi well, movie. Well, they was probably like, well, he started it. So let's, let's take him out. And then they probably was like, maybe I don't mean, think it fall off. I guess. Yeah. Um, in 2004, Williams helped create the Tookie Protocol for Peace a peace agreement for one of the deadliest and most infamous gang wars in the country between the Crips and and their rival, the Bloods. Uh, Williams Williams received a letter from the president, George W. Bush, commending him for his actions. So this dude was getting praise from everywhere. He was getting Nobel Peace Prize nominations, letters from the president, and still the the appeals court was like, nah, you're still going to die. Um... That same year, his book, another book, that same year. So he's up to like 15 books. (laughs) That same year, his book, Blue Rage, Black Redemption, a memoir. He's got long titles, too. uh, I'm surprised Tookie wasn't in front of that shit. I mean, he's not arrogant. (laughs) (laughs) Tookie in front of all the other ones. (laughs) So this, this book, Blue Rage, was published in 2004. The book was written with the intention to warn kids away away from following Williams' life of crime. His story was also turned into a TV movie, Redemption, the Stan Tookie Williams story, starring Jamie Foxx. I didn't see this movie. I don't know. He did Ray that year, so I don't know. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx did a Tookie Williams. I don't don't know if he got yoked, Mm -hmm. but that's the same year Ray came out, so I don't know. When he had time to do a TV movie, that sounds like it's probably a lifetime movie. That sounds like it sounds uh, like it was bad. Flex Washington when he did Michael Jackson. Yeah, like it just <laughs> sounds out of place, right? But 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 on Jamie Foxx's end, not like he who was he to play Tookie Williams? Like, why are you doing this, Jamie Foxx? Right. Why are you playing this gang member? You know, like maybe he thought it was a juicy role. Shout out but to Jamie Foxx. He's, he's very but very what's prestigious. Name? He actor. started the gang though, so it's like who took it's you? like yeah, it's like just you started it though. Yeah, what's your point? I'm saying the, the the appeals court they want to put him. To That's death, what they're like, saying. While they're while they're saying you, you can't, you, you don't. Done, you have you're to doing die. all this great stuff now, but like you, you you're the reason. You started. You it. started the virus. Yes. You put the virus <laughs> in the world. Yeah, I mean that's very that's very true. Uh, with his death sentence close at hand, Williams pe- Williams petitioned again for clemency in 2005. Cal- <laughs> this is this is the most terrifying thing of this whole story. California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger met with Williams to help decide whether the sentence should be commuted to life in prison. Can you imagine that the Terminator is the person that has to decide? <laughs> they First of all, I can't believe that Arnold Schwarzenegger got elected as a governor in this country, even if it was California. Mm. But could you, I mean, that would be, that would actually be like if in 20 years, Dwayne, like The Rock came to you in jail when, you know, a week before you're about to die to be like, okay, man, so convince me that you should stay alive. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably like, motherfucker, I saw you were in Fast and the Furious. Like, why are, why are we talking right now? But he was the governor at the time. He was governor of California. Tookie Williams was in California. So all roads led through uh, Schwarzenegger. Didn't he do RoboCop? 
No. That wasn't him? I don't even know who did Robocop. <laughs> I don't say, he did so many things. He was a Terminator. The Terminator. You know, so he had to go. He, I don't really. He was a Terminator. He was um, Hercules. He was. Um, I don't know, man. The Terminator is the big juicy one. I don't really know what else on this. He was a bodybuilder. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, can you imagine having me have to be like, hello, Tuki. How are you doing? You're doing well. Okay. Tell me why you should live. Come with me if you want to live. You don't. You don't get that because you don't know Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. But that's a no. that's that one. That's a spot on Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. And two, that's a direct quote from one of his movies that I can't what remember. What movie is right that? Now. Oh, I think he was in. He was in Predator. He was in like the first Predator movie. Um, what movie is that quote from? Predator, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. you said uh, you didn't know, so I didn't know. Yeah, oh. that. What the hell are you? Um, yeah. So. I'm gonna cut this out too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Source and Nigger met with. Yeah, come and see that. Williams' defenders and prosecutors each had 30 minutes to plead their cases to the governor. So basically, they they both, the people who wanted Tookie to die and the people who wanted Tookie to live, had to sit and convince a man who was born in Austria to either kill, either let Tookie Williams die or. Let him live. So this, he, can, he can override the decision. Yes. This fell on the shoulders of an actor who <laughs> is notoriously loaded with steroids. And they were like, okay, man, so you decide whether this person lives or dies. He was probably like, I don't, I don't, you know, like, why is this being, what, it reminds me a lot of the, this, this, is a small scale of what this country has turned into. We are allowing a man who has been made fun of on the Simpsons countless times, who was on an NBC TV show to decide whether or not we are going to go to war with countries. That is where we are at this point. So actually I respect Arnold Schwarzenegger a thousand times more because this is way less pressure than what Donald Trump has to do. And I think Arnold Schwarzenegger might be as competent, if not more competent, when it comes to social issues and being able to talk to people than Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's where we are. So, actually, you know what? This isn't, a, this isn't as silly as it sounds to me anymore. When I think about the world we live in now, right now, literally right now, and I'm talking about this, this doesn't sound crazy when you compare it to what is actually happening right now. Um, yeah, so, yeah, after meeting with Schwarzenegger, after the meeting, Schwarzenegger denied Williams' bid for clemency, citing the forensic evidence Dang. linking him to the killings in 1979. So, basically, he was like, well, you killed him, so, right. yeah, I mean, I can't, wh- how do you want me to change your sentence? You didn't, you're not, not guilty, so, sorry. Uh, yeah, so... Despite protests from the NAACP and various supporters who turned out to fight the decision, Williams, Williams was executed by lethal injection on December 13, mm. 2005 at San Quentin Prison. His co-author and spokeswoman, Barbara Cotman Benchel, or Becknell, says she will continue the fight to prove Williams' innocence. So they think he was... I don't know if the reason he didn't get out is because he was saying, just change my sentence, man, I'm innocent. Which is not the angle I would have been. I would have right. been like, "Look, man, I did what I did, but 
I, I'm trying to do something good, so let me stay alive. So maybe he was doing it from that angle, but for her to say... So he just didn't want to die. He didn't want to die. He, he wanted to continue. To he wanted to continue doing. I mean, he was doing a little more than that, but yeah, he oh. wanted to continue his fight to end gang violence. Oh, well, I said and shit. So, oh, well, I'm sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Your books and shit, you know. I was like, okay, well, you know, it's a little deeper than that. Um, but this woman is saying she's gonna continue to try to fight to prove his innocence. So I don't know what his angle was at Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I hope he wasn't trying to get Arnold Schwarzenegger to dive into his his uh case and try to c- convince Arnold Schwarzenegger that this is all a lie. Mm. So, um, but anyway, this is a little, you know, a little prologue, if I'm using the word right, probably not. Um, today, gang culture has branched out, has, today gang culture has branched far from South Central Los Angeles and continues to influence many aspects of modern, of the modern, of modern entertainment and everyday life. Famous crips such as Young Jeezy, Exhibit, Schoolboy Q. Exhibit? Yeah, school, Exhibit was, was cripping. Um, and the legendary Snoop Dogg keep Tookie's undesired legacy alive through their music and overall representing of each other's respective sets. Snoop Dogg also, uh, just to, you know, in the, in the, um, in the realm of Tookie Williams, just dropped a gospel album. So, you know, Snoop, Snoop recently. Yeah. A gospel album. This month, a gospel album. I heard it slaps too. He was doing it all. I heard it slaps too. I would assume it's something like Kirk Franklin. I don't think he's on there singing. I bet it's more like, Yo, we getting it, we getting it, we getting it cracking for God. Yeah, yeah um, I'm not gonna listen to that. I heard it slaps though. I'll take their word for it. I'm okay, you can right. listen to it. Let me know. I I will. All right, I will. Cool. Be my might, might be my summer anthem. But anyway, I think Snoop Dogg is a very good example of. But it's again, it's that when you're Dracula, it's hard to, like Snoop Dogg fell into the life of a crypt because he had a similar life to Tookie Williams. It's just that Tookie Williams was the first kid that had this rough life and went through all these things and then decided to start the Crips Snoop Dogg then later on went through all this rough life and decided to join the Crips so it's more inspirational when Snoop Dogg goes hey man I was a Crip but now I do Snoop Youth Football League and I coach these kids and I just dropped a gospel album and I'm working with Martha so he's not a Crip no more oh he's still a Crip he's a Crip oh, forever right. Snoop Dogg will never not right. claim Crip but he's not an active gang member oh and he also is like... So he's like a retired gang member? Sure, like we'll call it that. But he also is like speaking from a peaceful standpoint and saying like put the guns down and uh, he helps the kids with the Snoop Youth Football League. I don't know if you saw a show on, on Netflix. It's really good. Um, and he's got this gospel album coming out. So it's like you can evolve as you I get older. I don't like that though. I don't like... I guess I guess because he was young, so it was a stupid decision. But I just who are you saying, Tookie or Snoop? Just saying people that join gangs and then when yeah, they get but old, I think it's different. Like 40, I think it's like... different joining a gang. Like I think you have every right to when you make it, you're supposed to die by 25, and you don't die, and you have kids, and you realize like this shit is not what this shit is not that's real. What I'm saying. You're young, so you make a stupid decision, right? That's what I'm saying. So Snoop Dogg was young. He made it past 25, and now he's living his life. He's like, man. I'm making millions of dollars. Like this shit is, I, this shit is not good. I'm hanging out with people, putting my life in danger. Like I want to help my friends, but any friends I can't help that can't change their lifestyle, I'm gonna step away from. Um, and I'm gonna try to help these kids not be in gangs. I, I'm, I'm not against that, but I'm. It makes me not feel as well when you're the person that started it. Mm-hmm. Like for Tookie Williams, I mean, I'm glad he did all that stuff, and I'm. It's cool that he got nominated for Nobel Peace Prizes and shit like that. That's great, but like, bro, you. You unleashed the shit on, and you, you know, the argument could be made that like another Crips maybe would have come along. Maybe if it wasn't, if they wouldn't have done it, some other 
people would have been like, we're the, you know, the Blaps. And then we'd be talking about the Blaps right now. The Blaps. <laughs> I'm just saying, another, if it wasn't them, it would have been two other guys that started a thing and then it got out of control. The Black Boots or whatever it is. Go. Well, I don't, yeah, sure, the Black Boots. You know, if that was a, that gang didn't catch on. Tookie was like, <laughs> we're not doing this Black Boots, we're going to be the Crips. But I'm just saying, it could have been another gang that we're talking about now if, if Tookie and, and uh the other guy, Washington, wouldn't have started the Crips. It could have just been another thing. But we are talking about the Crips, and Tookie Williams did start the Crips. So when you're saying, like, he did all these positive things and, and is combating gang violence and all this kind of stuff, it's like, yeah, that's great, but, like, you kind of unleashed the shit onto the world. Right. So you're never you're never going to eva- erase that from your legacy. And I don't know if that's what the angle he was taking on it was. It kind of sounded like he, he denounced the Crips. That's what it sounded like to me. But maybe he was like a little a little wiser and a little more slick with his words and just being like, man, if you're a gangbanger, you're stupid and I hate you and you're wasting your life. When it's like, who are you to judge me? Like, I, you were my big homie. Like, right. you taught me all this shit and everything, you know. So, I don't know. It's rough. I mean, I, I respect that he turned his life around and tried to help people, but it's like, that's not going to erase your legacy. Right. Like, your legacy is still the the founder of the Crips. No right. matter what you do, that's still what people are going to remember you for first. Yep. As sad as that years, sounds. Years, years now. Now. I mean, he died in 2000. He was, he was executed in 2005. That was 13 years ago. Tiki Williams. And he still, you know, is being mentioned, even though it's by me, he's being mentioned affiliated with the Crips. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just how it's always going to be. Um, so yeah, but that was Tookie Williams. Dang. You know, um, that was the story of t- the life and times of Tookie, Sir Tookie Williams. <laughs> Any questions? Um, no, we gotta make sure you get a good picture. Maybe the picture you probably I guess you can put the most famous picture that he's he got like a white I think he got like a white t shirt on. Oh like, yeah, he got like, a picture of him from like the side. And shit. Yeah, it looks yeah, it looks like he has a, a ham hock, two ham hocks on his arms, <laughs> you know. Jerry yeah. Curl super glistening in the sun. And I think he had a mustache. He was very intimidating. If he rolled up on me and was like, Hey cuz, um, I'm gonna need all your clothes up off you immediately. I'd be like, I mean, um, I'm a hoe, you know. I, I got you. you, not you. What would you do? What? What would you do? I wouldn't do nothing. You take your damn clothes off. No, nah, I ain't taking my clothes off. Then what would you do? I wouldn't. I wouldn't take my damn clothes then off. What would you do? It would. I don't know. Whatever come to mind, but I wouldn't be taking my. damn I don't clothes know what that doesn't mean anything to me. We're he going to says, scrap it out. He says, "Hey, check this out. Check this out." Cass. He go ahead and knock me out and take my clothes off for me to just give them to him. Well, then he's gonna knock you out and take your That's clothes fine, off. That's fine, but I know, I know, you're not my pride. I didn't just, I didn't just take my clothes off. I mean, you still. I mean, I'd rather you know take my shit off, fold it up, and nah, be like, I'm not "Here, doing all he, that. he can he knock me out because I'm not gonna feel they got it. A, they got a video of you of him snatching your pants off. From off your ankles, but what you know? What the the real dude's gonna say? What he ain't just he ain't just give him his clothes. Hey, that's cool. I don't need the I don't need the approval of real dudes. I do. You saw that? You saw that? You remember that time we walked through that movie theater and I had them shoes on? Oh, and, that and shit was funny. And they called me out. That shit was I, funny. I, it, I just had to be uh, the butt of the joke that day. You know, <laughs> I walked through. Oh yeah, we was definitely out. We was definitely out. Uh, I weighed on that one. Oh yeah, we it was walked. Like, it we, was like six to two. It was like. Ten to two. <laughs> we went to a movie theater. I had on some Rod Lever Adidas. You can look them up. They are very, they are very exclusive shoes. People probably pay hundreds of dollars to get those shoes at this point. But however, at the time, G Unit sneakers were very popular by Sir Mister Fifty Cent, the rapper, and they did look similar they to just like them. They, they, they. they looked, I thought they was G Units. They looked similar to. They looked similar to the G Unit sneakers, and so we walked through the movie theater, and it was almost like walking through an alley, like. They were on both sides of us, 
up as like a human hallway and we walking through there to go see a movie, maybe go, you know, Mac on some chicks or whatever <laughs> we would say back then, you know, hook up with some, some, some chippies or whatever. Chippies. I don't know, man. No, that's, I'm, that's, look, that's, that's grandma I'm Kelly. an adult, that's, man. That's I'm basically married. I don't know words. I don't know how to <laughs> uh, um, try to um, try to uh, sc- scoop some thoughts. I don't know. What do the kids say now? The bitties. The bitties? Yeah. They don't say that. <laughs> yeah, they do say Any- that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're walking through. We're walking through. It is uh, like five on the right of us, five on the left of us. Me and Fran are, you know, Fran's got five on the left. I got five on the right. We're walking through, just kind of like, yeah, man. So, you know, what movie you want to see, man? Oh, look at that girl over there. And somebody goes, "Hey, man, are those G units?" And I was just like, "Nah." And I just kept walking. I didn't look back. I didn't even look at whoever I said. <laughs> I just kept walking, like you, you know, like you like walk and talk. I was, just, uh-huh. I was, I kept walking. Didn't break stride. Didn't look at anybody. I was, "Hey, man, are those G units?" Nah. And just kept walking. Never turned around. And they were like. <laughs> oh man that's crazy oh shit oh man no that's crazy man he had g units on and i just kept walking i just had to be a joke that night that just was what it was but you know something i survived <laughs> what would you would have done to be like nah and don't disrespect me like that who me yeah mr then, pride yeah i did that oh, hey and you know what you would all you would have heard was Phew! And you'd be you like, left. You'd be like, oh, you'd be like, you gonna disrespect me? No, my, you you hear this? No, no, no. You gonna disrespect me and my man's like nope. that? And then I'm like, what man? Nope. My me and my man. Uh, my, uh, uh. Y'all, y'all hear this? Hey, y'all hear this, listeners? I'm a survivor, bro. That's alright. <laughs> I'll listen. One of our listeners would would have helped me down. That's cool. Oh, you gonna pander to the listeners? They'd have helped me down. Look at you, pander. You they make did. me. You make me sick. Y'all can answer this on you, on the Facebook page, you make Twitter. Me, you make me and, sick. Y'all to hold y'all to hold Fran down in, those, in that situation. Y'all to have my back. You make me so sick. They'd have my pandering back. to these listeners, They'd have so my they back. can. So you, what do you do? You Venmo them too to put hashtag Team Fran on the They'd iTunes post. No, you make me so sick They'd buying have. love from people. They to help. You my, know what, man? Have. I would rather no. I would rather be real and get no love from anybody that listens to this podcast than be a panderer <laughs> and be paying people on Venmo. <laughs> Squarespace. Don't about? think I don't know. What are you don't about? think I don't know. What are you about? Don't think I don't know, man. Sending microtransactions to people to say hashtag Team friend and <laughs> I love friend and all. I don't think I'm not dumb, but that's cool, man. That's cool. Buy your followers. You would you, you Instagram ho? You couldn't even. You wouldn't need a whole. You would have ran, bro. Buy your followers. You'd have ran, you, bro. Man, look, look at you going backwards. Well, that was ten minutes no, ago. No, you'd have ran, no, man. Ten minutes no, ago, man. I'm, you go. You I'm heartbroken. Look at you bringing up. I'm old, heartbroken. Look at you bringing up old shit. I'm heartbroken. You now, Instagram man. thought buying followers. <laughs> I'm heartbroken, man. Buying followers it can make me sick. I'm heartbroken, man. Look at you still paying. Heartbroken, man. Yeah. My heart, man. Oh man, I'm friend. I'm sad. Hey, y'all, y'all would have held me down in the Facebook group, right? Y'all would have knit, knitted me a, a sweater because y'all love Fran more than Alvin, right? I'm Fran. I'm Fran Star, and I have an assistant. Man, that's you. That's what you sound like. Make me sick. I get all the love, though. Who get all the love? Yeah, that's fine. You can get all the love. Who get all the love? You look at you. Look at me. Fran Star. We have a small niche. Fran Star. We have a small niche community of people that like to listen to us, and it has gone to your head. And guess what? You are once and, again. And guess what? No. You are once again in here. Guess what? Wearing though? a full goose down 
Guess fucking what, jacket with no shirt on. Guess and, what, though? And, and big dookie rope chains. <laughs> I didn't even know they made those anymore. No. And you continue to once again, I wasn't going to say anything. This whole episode, you have not looked <laughs> me in my eyes not one time. Please take the sunglasses no. off in my house. But guess what, though? I love I love all of them in the community though. Oh my god! I love god. all the that listeners. That is really. I love you all are disgusting. Listeners. <laughs> you make me sick. I love all our listeners. You make me sick. What are you like an R and B singer? Shout out to all the fans. You know, I love all the this listeners. This was this was for y'all. You make me sick. Every time I come on the uh, podcast and I start a podcast, I do it for y'all. That is disgusting. Shout out to all the listeners. You know what? Team, I'm ready to. I'm ready Team to, Fran, Fran I'm Star. ready to end this. This is disgusting. <laughs> I'm ready to get you out of my house. This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder, and we will see you guys next week. And you do not get to say anything <laughs> anymore. I'm cutting the podcast off right now. Is your mommy? I want some. I want some banana pudding. She's here. No, no? Oh, you don't get man. you don't get treats from my house. <laughs> get out of my house. Banana pudding. We have had a. This has been another illustrious episode of Affirmative Murder. You guys see what you have done here. I can't only imagine when we're up to the hundred thousands. We got subscribers of galore. This guy might come in here uh, in a in a plastic bubble and not even let me touch his hands or nothing like that. So, people, please, again, if you have not gone on uh, iTunes and left the review, please do so. If you want to put hashtag Team Fran, I'm all for it. I'm not a jealous person, and I don't need anybody to put hashtag Team Alvin because, you know, I'm humble, man, like Kendrick says. Be humble. Um, but, the, again, for me, it's not an ego thing, but the reviews do help us um, – potentially move up in the charts and just you know uh get eyes on us by you know sponsors or whatever it may have you i don't know how everything works i'm still learning but everything that i've read says get the reviews and good things good things will happen so if you guys don't mind doing us a favor leave us a review say what you want to say i could not care less um but seriously now officially the music will come on now and this has been an episode <laughs> of, another episode of affirmative murder i've been Alvin williams alongside my partner in true crime france evans we out here and we'll see you guys next week deuces Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.